There's a lot happening with New Jersey's child welfare system. We want to help you make sense of it and share our story. This is DCF on the Air. This is DCF on the Air, and I'm Jason Bukowski. Happy New Year, and welcome back to Season 2 of, I guess, state government's second most favorite podcast after DCF Real Talk. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you back. On the topic of the new year, uh, today we're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions. And it's I think it connects back to the, the mission of DCF on the air in that um, New Year's resolutions are a time for personal change. Um, and transformation and growth. So when we think about DCF on the air and we're talking about topics of transformation within the child welfare system, it really seems to lend itself to a conversation around New Year's resolutions. Um, the problem with New Year's resolutions is that they people don't always stick with them. Um, according to the Fisher College of Business, 9% of Americans who make a New Year's resolu resolution actually see it through uh, to completion. Um, there's a figure that says 23% will quit their New Year's resolution, resolution within the first week of making it. Um, I believe 50% will, will end before the end of the month. Um, the Forbes Health Survey, 61% uh, of survey respondents said that they're, they feel pressure to make a New Year's resolution each year. And 66% actually make more than one New Year's resolution, more than three New Year's resolutions. When I was researching this out, I looked at uh, a website called verywellmind.com, and they listed three popular reasons for why New Year's resolutions fail. Uh, they say that you're either thinking too big, it's you're not considering the why behind the resolution or you're not remembering the why as you go through. And maybe you're just not ready for change. So we bring all that up to say our guests today are from the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. Uh, this is one of our transforma transformational offices within DCF. Um, and they're the ones that are focused on developing a well workforce. So we wanted to talk to them a little bit about New Year's resolutions, but also the work that they're doing to foster DCF's New Year's resolution for a safe, healthy, and connected workforce in 2024. So I'm going to turn it over to my guests to introduce themselves, and then we'll get into our conversation for today. Okay. Hi, I'm Nancy Carey Lee. I am the Executive Director of, out of the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. Hi, my name is Nuji Hartsfield, and I'm the Supervising Program Support Specialist out of the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. And how long have you been in those roles? Um, <laughs> I think the office was announced in September of 2019. Okay. But we were not up and running officially up until, I would say, April 2022. Okay. So as we start off, and I, I kind of gave you the warning that I was going to ask this ahead of time, but <laughs> wondering what your New, New Year's resolutions are, if you made any, um, and how's it going so far? Of course I made them. And I was happy to hear your statistics because I know I fall into some of those statistics. Um, so I did make one. Um, and I honestly knew going into it that it was very unrealistic. So I wanted to see how long I would stick with it. So 
Um, I've dedicated two hours on the treadmill every single day with one day off, one rest day. Yeah. Um, and what are we? Uh, we're mid-January, I guess, and so far, so good. Okay. Um, but, you know, this is going to make me, like, really stick to it now that it's out there. People are going to be know, like, are you sticking to it? So It's a matter of accountability. Me. Yes, now, absolutely. Like, <laughs> did you hit your treadmill today? You know, we're in March and people are asking <laughs> right, that. Right, right, right. So. Um, so I've been like on social media 2023 heavy. So one of my New Year's resolution was to like minimize social media. So I decided to not go on social media during the week, only on the weekend. Okay. How's that going so far? <laughs> I feel like at night I'm on TikTok like, eh. <laughs> so not too good. And, but, and we did talk about when this actually goes live that you're going to be reposting it so i hope that you can break your social media because <laughs> right. i think it goes live on a friday not on a weekend so right right so i'll you can do it i could do okay. it okay so thinking about new year's resolutions and why they fail and those three things that i listed it's either too big we're losing the why or maybe we're just not ready for change um i'm wondering as we kind of relate that back to the work of the Office of Staff Health and Wellness, how do you kind of connect to those three ideas um, in order to promote a well workforce? How do how do we be how can we be successful in that effort? That's a that's a very good question. I think for us, we went in like very ambitious when we first really started, you know, really thinking about what we would do to support. DCF, we were like, we're going to do this activity. We're going to do this. And yep. it was sky's the limit. And we wind up like doing too much where, number one, some of the activities didn't necessarily equate to anything, what we were trying to accomplish okay. in terms of, you know, really working on workforce well-being and helping to support the workforce. It soon, very soon, got too much <laughs> It, it became like too much for us to handle and to do. Um, but more importantly, it wasn't, we realized that it wasn't really about the activities themselves. It was really taking that shift and doing an organizational assessment to determine that this is about culture. This is about changing culture. This is not about 10,000 activities a month that staff can participate in. Um, the activities are great, but they're just, they don't last. <laughs> They're for the moment. Yeah. And so what matters to us is that, you know, the staff have a safe environment. Their physical environment is safe. Um, psychologically, they feel safe. That their leadership is supported and that the leadership have the tools to support the staff. So it's really working on mindset and really working on things that are going to produce the outcome that we're looking for, which is healthy workforce. So maybe it's disseminating information about how to be healthy. Maybe it's, you know, not scheduling meetings during my lunch hours, you know, just those sure. types of things that really matter to staff. Yeah. Because if we say we care, and if we say we're invested in your well-being, then don't call me on my days off. Or mm -hmm. right, respect the fact that I may need some time, right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. And I think connecting back to that, um, what, because I know that we work with um, very empathetic leaders, mm -hmm. uh, 
we work with a bunch of social workers. And I always say working with social workers is great because I've never worked in a place where my emotions actually mattered as much as they do at TCA. <laughs> right. But that's not really the why here. Like, wh what is the why? Why are we focused on a well workforce at DCF? What's the, what's the end goal here? The end goal is really to give people the opportunities so that wholeheartedly, you know, socially, emotionally, physically, psychologically, that they're healthy in their sure. best frame of mind. Because when you put it in the context of workforce and what we do specifically in child welfare, we want to be able to marry that parallel process, right? And so if you have a healthy workforce, then this is what our staff are accustomed to then as they relate to the kids and the families that we serve, then that's how they're going to approach that work. Okay, so it's about also supporting the outcomes that we wanna see with the families by supporting the workforce that's enabling those outcomes to right. happen. Right. Okay. I mean, who wants a burnt out you know, social worker right. to their home? Absolutely. Right, and you know, oftentimes our staff they have experienced a lot of the things that you know our families have experienced. And so we wanna make sure they themselves have the tools that they need to help support wherever they might feel they need that support in. When you say they've experienced the things that the families have experienced, are we talking about secondary trauma Absolutely. and vicarious trauma? Or are we talking about actual, like in their own personal lives, maybe they've experienced some of that Same. and that's coming to Absolutely. the forefront? Absolutely, both, both, yeah. Absolutely. We know that a lot of folks are attracted to child welfare because they've had their own, you know, experiences, adverse childhood experiences themselves. And so they're attracted to this work because they want to make a difference. Yeah. Do we think that that those experiences help them be more be able to relate more to the people on their caseload or is it something that you know, we have to be mindful of that maybe they're putting themselves too much into the work or too much into the other family shoes. Yeah, I think that's what we find. That's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> that's very loaded. Yeah. yeah. I think we find that people want to help so much that they overwork themselves. Mm -hmm. They know the important, they know the importance of the work. So they're like, I have to do this for my, my family. Sure. Or I if they work in a different department, I have to manage this program to support X, Y, and Z. And they don't take their lunch. They don't take their break. And they're so consumed in the work where, you know, they become burnt out very, very fast. So it's, it's so loaded because we know that they're in a helping profession, but yet they kind of have to help themselves first before they can kind of like continue to help others. So it's the idea of like putting on your oxygen mask before right. you turn to the person next to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And interestingly enough, some people are not comfortable with that, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you are the helping professional. You have your cape on, you're ready yeah. to, you know, roll up your sleeves and do whatever you can to help others. But as Nuji stated, like you really have to be in a mindset where you're healthy yourself because you can't give something that you don't have or that, you know, yeah. you don't practice yourself. And, you know, that does that really does a disservice to our families. Because sure. I bet just as our leadership can identify when our staff is struggling, the people that we serve, they can identify the same. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that the Office of Staff Health and Wellness has been identified as one of our transformational offices within our strategic plan. What does that mean specifically for the work that we're, that you're doing at the Office of Staff Health and Wellness? 
I mean, I think that's just it. It's transformation. It's yeah. about change. It's about looking at the work differently. It's about, you know, not doing the same old thing over and over and over again, but really thinking about how we can advance our work to the next level. Right. And when you think about worker voice, like it's really about giving, you know, our workforce the voice that they need to like identify what concrete resources they need to feel better. So it's about empowering them, asking them, how can we as an office support them? What can we give to them? Because like Nancy said, we had a ton of great ideas, but the why behind it, was this really effective for our workforce? So, you know, as we think about transformation, we think about like, how do we really gain buy-in from our staff and how do we maintain that momentum? Because it's nice, like we we're up and running in April 22, but how do we keep that going so people know that if I need some concrete resources, I can call the Office of Staff Health and Wellness and that they can guide me through that? Yeah, and I think it that does connect back to that whole parallel track of, you know, when you say honoring worker voice, honoring family voice, offering concrete supports, offering concrete material needs supports to the families that we support. So I think it does connect back to this larger vision of what we want for the entire system that when we talk about um, safe, healthy, and connected, it encompasses everybody. Right, that's right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, when I think there's this perception, and I don't know if it's fairly earned or not, but there's a perception that a lot of the work of the Office of Staff Health and Wellness is driven by our understanding of some of the experiences of caseworkers from CPMP. So the idea there is that we we know what it what traumas and what experiences those caseworkers are having but how do we support the entire department cuz the entire department isn't cpmp so what are we doing to build those relationships and and to better kind of connect back to those other d- divisions and offices within the department we're raising awareness because you're right i think because child protection and permanency is the largest division when you think about it, people think they that's it, right? That's mm-hmm. all that exists within the department. So we do recognize that, you know, there are other offices and divisions within the department. Um, so for us, it's about raising that awareness. It's about being visible in those offices, talking to leadership, talking to staff. We have roadshows that we do um, throughout the state for the different divisions and offices just to, you know, kind of acknowledge that you know they too need support in yep. many different areas and that we're here to support them just as we support child protection yep. staff. Yeah, and I think you know going back to the concept of transformational offices from my understanding of what that means for those offices that are designated as transformational it means that they're doing the work across the entire system, that it's not just limited to one division or one area of practice, that it's much larger than that. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So this office was started in 2019, Mm -hmm. and then we had a little thing happen in 2020. It was was announced in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) It was announced in 2019, but then we experienced uh, COVID in 2020. Correct. I'm wondering... How is sort of your expectations for what this office would do in 2019 transformed post-COVID, during COVID, um, to support a workforce that has experienced things that we couldn't have even imagined when we 
imagine this concept in 2019? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, too. I think for us, you know, as I said before, it was really around providing resources and opportunities around activities so staff can tap in during the normal workday. Um, but again, you know, it's a we, normal work day, <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> whatever, that whatever the be. normal yeah. work day is. But, you know, we soon realized that, you know, a lot of the activities that we were putting in place were very underutilized. Um, staff probably, I would venture to say, didn't even know about them, let alone know enough to participate in them. And so I think for us, it's really about taking the pulse of the agency and meeting people where they are. So in COVID, we were in a very different place. Um, people were afraid. Um, there was a lot of information being disseminated every minute of the day sometimes. Um, a lot of readjustment to you know some guidance that was put out. And so it was like stressful on yeah. top of being afraid, right? And so that was a very stressful time. And even now, you know, some of us are very impacted still by those experiences. And we've, you know, made changes in our lives to kind of readjust and adjust to what we are calling the new norm now. And so for the Office of Staff Health and Wellness, it's about that constant being adaptive, that constant change and understanding that where we were yesterday may be very different than what we have to focus on today. Yeah. And people have been showing up very differently. Like they show up um, how they may not have showed up two years ago, right? COVID has really changed the outlook of our staff, like mm -hmm. the outlook of what's more important to them. Right. And a lot of staff are saying like my health, my wellness, like what I didn't prioritize before, I need to prioritize now because, you know, the fear of like something mm -hmm. really could have happened or something may have happened to like a friend or family member. So they're trying to figure out like what to do to prioritize that. So like Nancy said, meeting them where they are so we can be effective. Yeah. So I'm wondering how has staff responded uh, to your work and, and to the, the things that we've put out there? I know that at one point there was um, – you know, during one of our employee engagement activities, we had DCF Jeopardy, and I, I kind of dominated. <laughs> you did you dominate. Did. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm taking the Ken Jennings approach. Like I've, I've conquered the, the that hill, and I'm just going right. to, you know, bow out gracefully. Um, that was real graceful too. Um, but I'm wondering how staff have responded to um, the work that that you've been doing, and 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 are they appreciative? Appreciative, I would say yes. Okay. Um, believe it or not, there are some staff who have reached out to us who said, just stumbled upon you, didn't even know you existed, okay. right? And it, we're approaching two years, right? And that's on us because that just tells us that we need to be more visible, more vigilant sure. in our efforts to support staff. And so I would say that it's a mixed reaction to the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. It's... Um, you know, something that has never existed before where we prioritize ourselves openly. And so I think people still are suspect about that. Like, yeah, it can be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And then when you do focus on yourself right. and we give you the latitude to do that, it's like, oh, it's just a setup. <laughs> so I think there's that. Sure. And then there's genuinely people who 
um, are so busy that they just would like to participate and engage, but they just, you know, don't have the, the time to do so. Yeah. And so for us, it's really around helping that set of staff to prioritize so that, you know, they can take some time out and participate. Yeah. Um, there are people who, you know, reach out to us by email and say, keep up the good work. Or, and there are people that like, take me off this email list. <laughs> and then there are people who send tons of suggestions, which we love, right? Yeah. And so we try not to take it personal because we know people are experiencing different, you know, things in their lives that, you know, everybody's not always happy all the time. Yeah. And sometimes people need a little more support than, you know, what we have been able to offer. So we recognize that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... Um yeah, I think to that point, it's almost like we have to tell people that, you know, focusing on yourself and your own well-being, um, it's what makes you the best DCF staffer you can be in whatever role you might be playing. Yeah. You know, when you're coming to the table as a, a whole well person mm -hmm. and doing this work, you're, br you're bringing your all into it. So I think maybe it's connecting to that sort of altruistic side of the brain. Sure. Maybe it's that whole, like, you know, Jerry Maguire, help me help you kind of thing. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so what's next for Office of Staff Health and Wellness? Oh. What, what can we look forward to? Because I know it's the beginning of the, new, the it's year. No. Okay, it's a secret? No. Okay. Um, We're trying to be more visible. I think one yeah. of our goals is to really be visible. Because Would you call it a New Year's resolution? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that might be too big. <laughs> might be too big, okay. Really, um... To be, right. And I'll, I'll be transparent. When people say, I have no idea what you do at the Office of Staff Health and Wellness, <laughs> I get so offended. I'm like, wait, right. what? But like Nancy said, it really is on us to, you know, spread the word, bring awareness, and really support all of the offices so people don't feel like we're focused on one, you know, division that we're really focused on all of them. Um, we're looking to expand because we know that, yes, right, right, like support is needed throughout the state. And us seven, we really, it's difficult for us to really provide those concrete supports, you know, in the areas. So yeah. we're hoping that once we expand, we can really get to the ground and support the workforce the way, like, they need to be supported. Mm -hmm. um, anything else? No, I would just say sky's the limit. Right. Like, That's you wouldn't know unless you ask, right? right? Yeah. And so for us, I have to say we've been so supported by, you know, my supervisor. Um, and so it's, you know, really like encouraging us to be the clearinghouse for information, for activities, for things that really matter in the workplace. And, you know, there's nothing that, you know, we can't do is, you know, how supported we are in our office. And so if something is so untraditional, it's not, it's, why not? Let's try it. Let's take a look at it. Let's research. Let's see. And so that has been that has been remarkable for us. And the beauty about it is sometimes people call us and they say, can you help us with X, Y, and Z? And we're like, oh, we can. We can think about how to creatively help you. So like we encourage people to call um, our the telephone number, to send emails to the wellness box so we can yeah. support them how they feel they need to be supported. Because I could think that me going, doing a presentation is supporting an office. 
And they're like, no, that's not support. I need like worker to workers phone number or I need how to navigate EAS. Like they may need those things and mm-hmm. they would have to tell us. So I think that we're encouraged when people share with us like what they need because we're like, oh, we didn't think of that. We, right. can, we can do that. So Now, what is that uh, work wellness email inbox and what is the phone number if, if people do want to reach out? <laughs> dcf.wellness.nj.gov. Yes. Yes. And if that doesn't work, no. (laughs) Just email us directly. (laughs) So dcf.wellness at dcf.nj.gov. Yes. Okay. Now, you know, the New Year's resolution was to get the word out about the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. Got the word out about the Office of Staff Health and Wellness. Um, So good start so far to 2024 and, and really looking forward to all the work that you do. Um, in 2024 to support the, the workforce across the board. Thank you. So, Thanks. Next month, we'll be inviting guests from the Division of Family and Community Partnerships to talk about Family Connects New Jersey, which is the model of universal home visiting. Um, and as we're recording this, uh, it actually kicked off with our first nurse visits to families um, earlier this week. So it's really exciting work. Um, we talked about transformational offices, and, and I think this, this initiative is going to be transformational in how we support infant and maternal health, but also in how we uh, support whole family wellness. Uh, so really looking forward to that conversation. On behalf of uh, my producers and the Office of Communications and Public Affairs, this is Jason Bukowski signing off, and I hope you tune in next time for more DCF on the air.